Hey, welcome to another week of All In with Natalie Allport. This is your host, Natalie Allport. And you already know we're doing this shorter series where we are highlighting some of the top clips from the interviews that we've done from this year of 2020 with some top athletes, coaches, influencers, and entrepreneurs. And we're focusing on different topics and different highlights so that you can go back, repeat these episodes, quick shareable. They also give you a good insight on what each person's Uh, interview was about or some of the different things that they spoke to so that if you haven't listened to the whole thing or watched the whole thing, you can go and do so. So this week is all about confidence. Now confidence is something that almost nearly all of us struggle with at some level. Even those who are going out and, you know, presenting as if we're confident, subconsciously, a lot of us do struggle with confidence. Now confidence is the key to getting to, to places and it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to already be starting out confident and knowing all the answers and being like, okay, I can take this risk, take this step. You know, confidence can come from knowing that no matter what happens, you'll be okay. You'll be able to handle it. We're going to start off with a clip from the interview I did with JJ Burden. He is an NFL, a former NFL player turned speaker and entrepreneur. And he talks about his story of being too small and to making it into football, where he wasn't actually even drafted for college football, and then he made it into the NFL, and he was always too small and the underdog. And so he has that underdog mentality, and I think that is a really cool story to lead into our conversation about confidence. You're kind of small. Maybe you shouldn't do that. And it was always like, (laughs) I'm going to show you how small I am. And I would work to prove everyone wrong. And it wasn't like to become a professional athlete. It just... It just kept happening as I kept working harder, kept getting better, proving people wrong. That doorway opened up. But but yeah, back in high school was when I had that first moment where I was like, okay, I'm going to show them because I was a uh, track and field athlete. I was the number one wide receiver in the state of Oregon. I had a really good year. But when the college coaches came around to recruit football players, the D1 schools, just they just wrote me off. They're like, nope, no way, no way. And I, I experienced enough of that that I just, I, I formed a plan. And I thought, you know what? I know I'm a D1 track athlete because I was one of the top long jumpers in the state. I'm going to figure out how I can get on a college football team. And whatever track team recruits me, I'm going to ask them, what do you think about me trying football? <laughs> and now the, every Division One school that recruited me at track said no, except <laughs> for Oregon. Oregon, they said, you know, if you come run for the Ducks, We'll, we'll give you our blessing, and you can walk on the second year if the head coach will allow you to do it. And, and that's all I needed to hear. And so that second year, I, I started watching the Oregon football practices during the spring. I was kind of sizing up the guys and seeing how big they were, if they were that much bigger than me. And then I realized that they weren't, and I could do this. And so the next day, I stood on the field because I was waiting for the coach to kick me off. Like, <laughs> He's going to know why I'm here. And Sure enough, the head coach, Rich Brooks, he came down there. He saw me. He's like, Burden, you're the track kid. What are you doing out here? And I was like, Coach, I want to I want to play. And he, he's looking at me now. I'm like 5'9", 150. And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, needless to say, I talked him into it. He said, you can walk on this fall. And so I, I walked on for the Ducks. And, and, and I'll tell you what, here's a teaching point for everybody. Because that day one, there was 14 wide receivers on the depth chart, and I was number 13. So oh. most people, when you see something like that, a situation, you might start thinking, well, this is a waste of my time. They don't even believe in me. 
they're not a give, going to give me a shot. I might as well just quit. Well, my mindset was like, how fast can I move up the depth chart? <laughs> I, I saw it as a challenge. And, and two weeks later, I was backing up two seniors and I was second string. So, so what I learned in that moment was that sometimes in life, you have to create opportunities where it appears none exist. I wasn't recruited in football at all, but I created the opportunity. I made it happen and had no idea I'd go and play nine years in the NFL. But when you think about that story, I created that and, and Oregon never recruited me. So sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. When you, when you get your moment, you got to blast that door down and make it happen. Hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. Next up, we're talking to Charles Clark. Now, Charles Clark has an incredible story going from the sixth fastest man on earth racing against Usain Bolt to tearing his quad and basically having all his life dreams taken away from him and having to rediscover his purpose and being confident at what he was doing next. And so he became a motivational speaker and entrepreneur. And I had the chance to talk with him a little bit about all those things that he's been up to and how he made that transition. Now, specifically in this clip, we're going to talk about why it's so important to have a why. Now, your why is so important, and I think having a why gives you confidence when you go out in the world, to, confidence to be authentic, to be vulnerable, to, to go after what you're going for because your why is strong enough. So that's why I think this clip is really relevant for this topic. Yo, like, how can she see something that like that inside of me, somebody who's who's going through pain right now. I'm, and I'm thinking in order for me to be respected and appreciated, I have to have success. I got to have the gold medal. So many I feel athletes, the same way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So many athletes believe like if I'm, if I'm ever going to make something of myself, I have to be extraordinarily successful. I have to attain something, but your why is different than that. And when she told me that she made me realize like it's bigger than you, Charles. At the edge of a high school auditorium stage, she realized that if I can put other people first and make myself second, this is greater than any gold medal. And, you know, I know some athletes yeah. might be watching this right now. And you, you still might be in the sport. I'm, I'm saying to you, it, yeah, you can still win. You know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to win. But put your why in front of that reason of why you want to win. And when you do that, when you lose, you know, when you're not having a good season or you have an injury and you got to do the rehab all over again, that why is going to keep you, you know, that that why is going to sustain you and and you, you'll come out of it stronger because we're not going to be athletes forever. We're going to transition. Yeah. And, and what are you going to put in the forefront then? If you guys, if you haven't ever written down your why or spent time doing that kind of stuff, I highly recommend it. I try to check back in because some of those things can change slightly. I like to reevaluate, making sure that all my actions and things are aligned with that why that I have. So next up is a friend of mine, Liz Gleedle. She's a two-time Olympian and a Pan-American champion in the sport of javelin. She's an incredible Canadian athlete, a very strong and powerful woman, and she talks about confidence in this clip. I've done all the work. I've focused myself. I've made the changes that I said I was going to make. Like, you're not going to show up with a bunch of doubt because you're going to believe in the training that you've done. So one of the biggest game changers for me, apart from like injury prevention, especially like you're hitting an 80 foot jump and you crash, having some muscle mass there is pretty helpful. Um, and being able to absorb landings and all that stuff is that having that training and knowing you put in all that work actually makes you so much more confident when you get to the event. Yeah. And the thing is too, is once you do those things and you feel really comfortable in the situations, cause like you feel good about your training, you feel good about your muscle mass, you feel good about your odds because you know what you're doing is other people aren't doing it. 
Right. You actually cease to think about it entirely. It's no longer like doubtful thought. No, I'm okay. It's like, you just don't have these thoughts anymore. Which like if you're healthy, nothing hurts. You're not going to think about what if my body gets injured because yeah. nothing's hurting because you've been doing all your rehab because you've been looking after yourself. I like that. Yeah. And it's because this is tiring on a game day. If you have to think about all those thoughts, you're already thinking <sighs> of like everything you need to do right. Like imagine trying to fight everything you need to do right and everything you need to do wrong. Just yeah. the no win situation. <laughs> and you know, like I think preparing yourself for a meet is partially like, You've already made all the contingency plans. You shouldn't be on the day of thinking of like, okay, what could go wrong? It should be like, what would this look like if it was a great day? Right. And what would I be doing to lead up to all these like great things? Yeah. And like, you can see it before and you can see yourself at the event doing well. Oh, I messed up that one little thing, but I brush it off because like, I know I've got like another throw to throw and like, I've got more chances. And I think when people kind of see it going well ahead of time, it's super useful. So like visualizing the day of your competition um, or even your practice and seeing it go well, even if it doesn't go well, then you've lived it once in your head. Right. And if you've overgone technique once or you've overgone, you know, like something another time, it's another rep and it's another step closer to your goal. And that's another reason to be confident. I love that. That's awesome. Um, my last mindset question that I got, and actually this is a really interesting one. And so perhaps we can relate it back to, to exactly what we were just talking about. It All right, so we're heading back to JJ, and we're talking about this story that he had about the game ball that he ended up giving to his uncle, and why having other people believe in you can give you confidence. So it's important to surround yourself with other people who can bring and raise your confidence level. He's the first person that said JJ in the NFL in the same sentence. And I said, Uncle, you're crazy. He goes, no, you're going to play in the NFL. I go, no, I'm not. He goes, yes, you are. He goes, I believe in you so much. I want you to promise me your first NFL touchdown. And I was like, whatever, you can have it. So he's at that game. I come out of the locker room with the game ball and my touchdown. And I give it to him. And I said, Uncle, how did you know? And he said, you know what, nephew, I knew you had the ability. He said, but I had the poor belief into you until you got your belief to where it needed to be. And that was a really important teaching point for me. And I've taught other people that too, because sometimes you don't believe in yourself. You don't think you can. And get around the right people can pour that belief into you because you'll get your belief where it needs to be at some point. All right. So now how do you actually train your confidence? How do you improve this? Let's listen in to more from Liz Gleedle again, talking a little bit about that subject. You actually cease to think about it entirely. Like that was a big game changer for me when I was competing in snowboarding and something that I try to tell a lot of young action sport athletes specifically, because most of them are just like, it's not part of the culture to be, it's like cool to train. So a lot of them, yeah. they don't want to go to the gym. They don't want to work out. And so one of the biggest game changers for me, apart from like injury prevention, especially like you're hitting an 80 foot jump and you crash, having some muscle mass there is pretty helpful. Um, and being able to absorb landings and all that stuff is that having that training and knowing you put in all that work actually makes you so much more confident when you get to the event. Yeah. And the thing is too, is once you do those things and you feel really comfortable in the situations, cause like you feel good about your training, you feel good about your muscle mass, you feel good about your odds because you know what you're doing is other people aren't doing it. Right. You actually cease to think about it entirely. It's no longer like doubtful thought. No, I'm okay. It's like you just don't have these thoughts anymore. Okay, so lastly, something that's really important to me is the conversation of confidence when it comes to body image. Now, in this clip is from Carolyn Prevo, an interview that I did with her. She's a professional hockey player, a school teacher, as well as a CrossFit Games athlete, one of the fittest women on all planet Earth. 
And so she's an amazing and incredible athlete, but it's interesting to see that she's one of the fittest people on earth as recognized through the CrossFit Games, and yet she struggles with her body image and confidence as well. She shows up, she feels like she's not as ripped or as jacked as other people. And what's interesting is a lot of us also deal with confidence issues for other things, like looking too jacked when everyone is trying to look skinny, or, you know, looking like maybe we carry more weight when people are looking skinny, or being skinny and and you want to be a little bit more uh, muscular or things like that. We all struggle with body image at some level. We all think about body image. It's hard not to. It's portrayed in the media. So this is a very important conversation and this is a conversation that got a lot of views when it came to Instagram and posting this clip. So I'm hoping to share it with you guys here. I hope you listen to the full interview. When I compare my body and compare it to the girls I compete against, I remember going to regionals and everything and I see all these like fit girls and aesthetically are just like chiseled and I'm just like yeah holy crap like how did I make it here I look at my body and I don't look like a games athlete if you, like I like me I don't see myself looking like a games athlete like I don't have this ripped six-pack and I actually wanted to do a post about that the other day that's important for people to to share that also because I think that everyone thinks that all these games athletes or these high-level athletes have no body image issues and that's not the case I think everyone right. has it to some extent is at the end of the day, aesthetics is not performance. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I've realized is like, it doesn't matter now when I go to comps and I look at them and they're bigger, bigger than me or, or more ripped. Because if I know that my preparation was spot on and I can compete very well, like I know I can beat them. It doesn't matter what they look like. I just feel like when you, when you put in a lot of effort towards something and you see the performance side of it, like, you know how hard that you're working and regardless of what you look like, like you're just proud of your performance. You're proud of, of everything that, you know, it's hard to put on muscle. It's hard to look a certain way. Girls can have muscles and they can look good. You know, yeah. the more that girls are proud of that and the more that people can see that, you'll see muscular girls, you become self-conscious too. Because like I would go to the grocery store in a tank top before and I'd be like, like, I, I know that people would be like looking at my muscles and I'd be like, <laughs> it's because they they're not used to it. So thanks again. I hope that this podcast got you thinking more about confidence and that the vulnerability of the speakers and the interviews that I showed, the clips that I highlighted, got you thinking more about how you can be more confident in your life and just some inspiring stories in general. Once again, if, if you want to share this episode on Instagram, I would love that. I would love for you to tag me and share this with anyone who may benefit or may want to listen to the full episodes or these highlight episodes. I think these highlights episodes are a great place for people to start if they haven't listened to the podcast before to get a little bit of insight on the things and the topics that we talk about. And then they can go and listen to the full interviews once they've listened to these ones. So feel free to share it. And if you have a chance, leave a review. I appreciate it a lot. And thanks again for supporting all the content, the podcast, the videos, everything.